to the Calm Mind Confident Life podcast, where we explore how to create a more positive relationship with our mental health. I'm Natalie, and with over 15 years working as a mental health nurse and seven years running mental health trainings and retreats, this podcast is a space to provide science and professional guidance, along with more holistic approaches to mental well-being. So there'll be meditations and relaxation exercises, as well as an abundance of tips and tools from guests and myself, all aiming to provide a space to learn, understand and find more of that much needed inner peace. of Calm Mind Confident Life and this second episode of this series on connection. I hope you guys found the last opening episode useful and a good kind of starting point to think about that idea of connection with ourselves. Today we're going to be slightly changing track so we're going to be thinking and talking about the connection that we have with other people and how that impacts the connection that we have with ourselves. And to help me in this conversation, in this discussion, I am going to be speaking to a friend on this subject. So I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But first, before we get stuck into that, I wanted to take a moment to recap on what we talked about last episode. And that was introducing just a little bit of a a homework task and thinking about how we can start to form that connection with ourself by always doing this check-in, always checking in with our body and checking in with our mind. So I wanted to give you that space to do that now. If you could press pause and then take that maybe minute or, or so just to scan through the body, taking some nice soothing breaths as you're doing it. Notice what's going on. See if you can release and soften. And then doing the same with the mental space, with the mind, with that emotional space. Again, noticing what's going on up there, noticing what thoughts are coming in. And again, taking those soothing breaths and softening in that space. And then when you're ready, you can rejoin and I will let you get on with listening to this conversation. So I thought it would be really useful, given this is a conversation about relationships with other people, to actually have the discussion with someone else. John and I have been friends for a relatively short time, a few years now, and we have a lot of discussions around um, relationships and and mental health and and such and such like. So I thought he would be a really useful person to have join this conversation. But also he offers quite a good insight into the impact that a relationship can have on your mental health because he went through a divorce at an early age and this dramatically impacted his mental health, which he'll he'll talk about through through the episode. But yeah, I thought just a just a really kind of real life example of the impact that um, the connection with someone else can have on the connection with ourselves. So yeah, I will let you get listening and I hope you enjoy. 
you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably what I do now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you laughing for? It's, it's difficult to know how to introduce myself. I mean, start with your name. Yeah, no, so my name's John, but you know, I can't, oh, I I can't think... really go manic-depressant. So I've been <laughs> I am manic-depressant. Manic no, but I, yeah, I'd say, know. I reckon that if you Marginal say... Marginal bipolar could be... Do you know what I mean? Bipolar? I didn't know you had bipolar. No, I don't, but I oh, got okay. tested for it. <laughs> but maybe, maybe if you could tell the audience, I guess, a bit about your background and why you thought it'd be helpful or why you wanted to talk about your experience. And yeah, let's start with that. Okay. Oh, right now. <laughs> okay. Just right now. Okay. Um, so I'm John, being through all sorts of weird things, divorce, marriage, kids, depression, anxiety. Yeah. So I suppose there's my, there's my credentials. That's my CV. So do what? What's your thoughts on the idea of? of connection because I guess what you're saying there is like um you're talking about I mean you're talking about marriage and divorce and I suppose that in its in in itself is is about connection and disconnection isn't it with someone else um and then also the impact that has had given that you're saying that you are someone who is diagnosed with depression and anxiety right yeah I could be and Typically speaking, those um, illnesses have an element of feeling disconnected from yourself, don't they? Like you have times, well, what I understand from speaking to people is they have times of feeling disconnected from their experiences or how they're feeling or... Yeah, I suppose you could say that, yeah. Having a, I think having a mental health disorder and going through anything that is, that's got extremities of an emotion is always going to be a difficult situation. And I think I lived with, with it as an underlying problem for a very, very, very long time. And then the event triggered it. What, the divorce? Yeah. Mm. The, the, yeah, so the divorce triggered the depression and anxiety. But So before the divorce, were you on antidepressants or anything? No, 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 no. no. Oh, was, okay, I didn't know that. No, no. Mm. and then after the divorce... I ended up coming, but coming. I ended up going on to antidepressants. Hmm. But, but did the, you know? Did you sorry? Did you know that you had depression before the divorce, or anxiety, or was that? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But I, interestingly, actually, I think if I was to look back at it, there was a therapeutic element to the relationship. As in, I had. I remember when I was like eighteen, nineteen, twenty. I had depression, and then, but it wasn't really diagnosed. And then I met my now ex-wife and then things became a lot better a lot easier and I didn't really have it and it was kind of pushed to the background because of the connection that I had with her it became a you know it became resolved in that matter and then when that connection went away and I lost that support that's when it started to it kind of makes you beholden to another person which is scary in itself you know because then you never have the 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 strength to remove yourself from that situation because you are emotionally dependent upon that other person which is yeah which i've like subsequently learned is obviously a terrible idea mm-hmm. i won't be doing that one again <laughs> <laughs> what becoming emotionally dependent, dependent on someone yeah on someone yeah it's else, a really yeah. bad idea 
when you're forming connection, a deep connection with someone else, so, so we're talking about a romantic relationship, there has to be an element of vulnerability there, doesn't there? And so in order when you when you become vulnerable to someone you start to you start to rely on them to support you and you mm. have to kind of trust that they are going to support you because that's how because i guess trust is a fundamental part of connection with someone else isn't it mm. but if you have those barriers up and you're saying actually I, I don't want to rely on you in any way it's going to be really difficult to form that connection isn't it like that's yeah. going to create an instant yeah yeah no definitely yeah i know i think that uh, i think I think that was always the thing that puzzled me was that, yeah, like you're saying, someone should be there for you in a relationship and should support you. But I suppose then what people would say is that you still need to be able to operate on your own as your own human being without needing them to support you. And I think I probably had an unhealthy relationship where mm. I wouldn't, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I wouldn't go away on trips or holidays or on my own. I wouldn't spend time on my own for any length of time. And that sort of caused that sort of insular requirement to be around them to feel okay and that's a big problem when you start to like I said rely on other people I think you become you become you you act like especially with a romantic relationship because you act differently because you know that they're your cure so do you mean that it puts additional pressure on that other person in the relationship to almost be your solution Mm. Um, yeah because it's hard isn't it because for a period of time in a relationship you can start to really understand yourself and it can help you grow and you can start to form that better connection with yourself but then at some point if that relationship now then starts to become unhealthy you can start to lose yourself and you can start to feel disconnected from yourself as well as from that relationship and I'm just thinking about from my perspective um having been not in a relationship for a, a, a long period of time, I now feel probably the most connected I felt with myself for, well, forever, I, I think, because especially because the, the long relationship I had was during very informative years where I was still quite um, self-conscious and, you know, all of this. Whereas now I'm in my 30s, I feel like much more confident in myself. So I think it's an age thing as well. But I also think that it is having time on my own to do things like go away, by myself before I had a child Mm. and um and like you know um and spend some solo time by myself with my own company because I mean at that point when you're really by yourself and no one else is around is when you really start to go deep into what your own self don't you there's no other distractions or 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 kind of you're not playing to what you feel people people want from you or judgments whatever you have to kind of sit with your own stuff don't you I would yeah I would distract myself all the time continually keep doing stuff to avoid even just even to the even even in small situations where I'd be on my own I'd put on music or put on a podcast or anything just to avoid being in my own presence in my own mind to hear my own thoughts that's really scary and I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people do avoid that contact with themselves and then once you I think once you then start to listen to yourself you, you debunk a lot of the fears that you have around it and the reasons why you just naturally push it away and naturally sort of ignore it. But now I've got the problem where I'm like, I've been on my own a similar for so long that I'm like, and I'm comfortable in my own skin now, but now I like, I'm like, shit, I can't find anyone <laughs> to be with me. And now I'm like, oh my God, am I too good at being on my own? Am I like, have I just, do you know what I mean? I've got two dependent now. I'm like independent. And yeah, I'm but I don't of, think that should be like, a 
bad thing. I think that but I know, but we should value that more in society. I think we shouldn't want people who need us. Like, we should want people who are actually, they are strong on their own and that's desirable, not like, oh, we need to feel needed because that's just the ego, isn't it? Like, why don't, they're not as attractive because, you know, they're too strong or they're too independent or they're too this. I mean, maybe I'm speaking from the female perspective, I don't know, but like, I just feel like, you know, I think that should be valued, that that independence as a, as a, as a, um, as a person and not kind of, not an indicator that, um, you're not going to be right in a relationship. You're not going to be, you know, um, desirable in a relationship. No, I don't think, I don't think it would, I don't think it affects, it doesn't affect how, whether I am desirable or not. I'm not worried about what other people think of me. (laughs) I'm not worried if people find me desirable. I am bloody desirable guys. Just to let you know. Ludicrous thought. I am Um, a hunk. The bigger issue is, is the fact that I would get comfortable in being single. Okay. Huge body of evidence that says that people who are in relationships or have connections, probably not a romantic relationship, but have connections of any kind, you know, there's that like that purple zone, isn't there, in, in Sicily, where people live an abnormal amount of time, and abnormally longer than the, the average. And it is because they are living in tight-knit communities where everyone has each other's back yes but that's not necessarily about romantic relationships no no exactly, yeah that's exactly. that's about and and i think that's that's really important for us to know and i think i might have said it in the first first episode but well maybe i i don't know somewhere else i shared it or something but um the evidence shows that research shows that relationships are key to our mental health that they're, they are they're probably the most important mm. thing but it doesn't mean that that and i think this is where society kind of focuses and it doesn't mean that you need to be in a romantic relationship to achieve that kind yeah. of optimum state of of happiness or well-being yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that you have healthy relationships in your lives and that could be from in any form you know it could be from your family it could be from your children it could be mm. from friends you know it doesn't but, have to be and i think people cling on to relation romantic relationships because they believe and i've been in this situation but you believe that if i don't you know if i don't have this romantic relationship i'm not going to be successful i'm not going to be happy like being on your own is seen as kind of like oh you know oh they're on their own you know mm. they haven't yet achieved the the optimum goal of yeah, being in a relationship you. when you're but single that's, that's, everyone asks you but that's a load of rubbish yeah. because there's so many people that therefore are clinging on to unhappy relationships which then would counteract any mm. of that you know it would mean you would be it would be work detrimental to your mental health but do you not find there's a there's like a an unwritten rule in a couple where you've just got each other's back although i've got like strong connections with obviously friends and family there is sometimes when i'm in my house and i think god if i had a heart attack right now no one would know for a very long time that i oh, was dead i'll check on you, do you know I mean? but you wouldn't <laughs> and that's not because that's not because you don't care. It's because you don't. Or maybe it is. You don't know. Probably it is. It's because you don't know. I'm. I've got a heart attack. If I was to rely on my friends and family, there's still always this feeling like if I was to call you up, you're a burden. I'm burdening mm. you, and your priority is mm. your children. And so uh, you, there's always that burden of like you know you call people up, but then you're like oh they've got children, you know I can't really call mm. them up. Oh they've got. 
their own wife and their own issues to deal with and so you just constantly feel like do you like... think that's a true thing though do you think that's a do you think that's more about you and I mean everyone feels that I know I've I felt that definitely so many times when I have been through difficult things and stuff when I went through a stage where I felt immensely lonely um and um I felt really this sense that I couldn't I just couldn't talk to people anymore because they I would just be this this burden. But when I then actually did get to the point where I felt able to talk to people, people were like and I, and I've said the same to people as a friend supporting someone. I would much rather I would never feel if a friend was contacting me and wanting to talk to me about something. I would never my never thought would be oh they are a burden. Like my thought would be really? I want to help. Of course. What do you ever think that then? Sometimes. <laughs> so on it. That's probably why I have an issue with it. Sometimes I think, ah. Oh. What you think? Sometimes I hope I hope none of John's friends are listening to oh, this. I, 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 no, I hope you are. Don't. don't I hope you are listening. Do not call. <laughs> All right, call. bury it. Bury that feeling. No, obviously not. If you think about the alter- alternative, like if if you knew a friend was struggling, would you rather they struggled than didn't contact you? Mm. Yeah. I'd rather they contacted me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. I do get what you mean. It's just, um, it's a real, like, it's a real skill to be able to listen and connect with people. Mm. It's really difficult. And I always feel like I've got to, I've got to be worth the friendship. Do you know what I mean? I've got to, like, sometimes, I don't know, perform or make them laugh or whatever. I think maybe where I'm probably a bit more introverted, maybe I'll find it a bit of a chore talking to people for long periods about their feelings mm. as a name and people don't want solutions that's one of the other things that sometimes you know people don't always want a solution no and I mean take that advice yourself because mm. people don't always want a solution so you're putting, on, putting pressure on yourself maybe to think oh I've got to show that I'm a good friend here and suggest advice or whatever but actually Sometimes it is just someone to a, a lot of the yeah. yeah a lot of the time it is just someone to listen. But the reason why I was saying it is because you feel like there is a um, your wife or partner, your they're your first port of call and they kind of always have to be there because that's part of your relationship. You feel more comfortable going to them. Yeah, it offers a security, doesn't it? Like it offers. It offers... Yeah, even just like before you go to bed and you're lying in bed mm. together, you just talk about it then. Yeah. It's constantly like talking about it. Definitely, yeah. And when you don't have that, it is kind of like you can't really talk to yourself. Yeah, no, I think... I th- yeah, I think it's... it's when Like with all of these connections, like if they are healthy... And I think the same applies to friendships, but if they are healthy friendships um, and connections that you have in your life, relationships that you have in your life, then they are a massive asset to how you feel within yourself but it is also really important to recognize when those relationships whatever they are whoever they are aren't healthy and that not maintaining for maintaining them out of fear of of not having them or maintaining them out of fear of being on your own is an illusion because actually because we, we, we maintain them because out of fear of like, well, if I'm on my own, I'm not going to, you know, mm. I'm going to be isolated. I'm going to be disconnected from the world, from other people, da, da, da. 
but actually that's an illusion because if you're maintaining unhealthy relationships that will be the cause of you feeling disconnected mm. you know yeah yeah and i felt that a lot mm. towards the end of my divorce yeah definitely um relationship was that i felt completely disconnected completely out of whack didn't wondered why and you can feel in any relationship i think you can everyone can sense one person move away and you may not and you feel it subconsciously and you can't quite put your finger on why you feel the way you feel but there's a subconscious movement in the way that your partner at the time moves or acts with you or the mannerisms and that starts to affect you and then that, that, then i think in my case it had a snowball effect because then i then altered my actions and i think when people move away from you your obviously your instinct is always to pull them back and that almost then perpetuates the issue because in my case the partner pulled away I tried to pull them back that suffocated them more and then you're almost you're in this awful cycle and then before you know it it just blows a hole in it Mm. but if I was to I think but then in any relationship I think like you're saying yeah obviously relationships become stale and stagnant and you need to know when they're dead and when but you also need to like know when they're starting to go downhill and i think that's a harder skill mm. is to is to preempt before it gets that yeah before it gets to that point and mm. that's that's like when you've got to and when you think and even if i think looking back now even if you do think oh it's all right you know sometimes you know he 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 just acts like that because he's you know he's drunk or he's tired or he's whatever he's got work on but if you preempt it before it gets too far, like I remember Russell Brand saying around like his addiction, and someone said to him, like, "What do you do when you start to have those feelings of having another drink?" And he said, "At that point, it's already too far. Like I know that the horse has bolted, and I should have done an intervention way back." And that's kind of like I think the way it should work in a romantic relationship is that when you start seeing the first signs. You start to do something so you're, you're saying that actually if you if the person who's having those thoughts feels like they're having them they catch them early that would give more chance of the relationship surviving yeah. if they then talked about that with the partner rather than talk about it before it's too late yeah i think loads of people do it way 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 too late and mm. you just you like i did you live like ships that pass in the night especially when you have children you don't even talk to each other some days it's just like a regimented like like itinerary of what you have to do you do that you're doing that you're doing that you need to pick up that you need to pick up that okay good yeah and there's no real connection there and so Mm. you know you you, you've got to like cultivate it if you think back and you think kind of what you've learned through that process like i said it's probably one of the best things that ever happened to me in hindsight gives you so much so awareness about everything about life about the way people are, the way people act, the way that you, you've got to kind of be accountable to yourself. You can't just offload your actions or your feelings onto someone else. Where do you feel you're at with yourself, like that relationship with yourself? Oh, amazing. A billion times more than I ever was, definitely. Definitely. Like, I actually, it, it definitely changes you. I mean, it's, sometimes it is pretty crap. I'll be honest with you because you then self-awareness is like not always cracked up to be something because then you have the guilt around not doing something do you know what I mean 
Like when you do something and you didn't realise why you did it, but you just did it anyway. And then you have the awareness of why you did it. And then once you've had the awareness, you then have to correct it. You can't just carry on. You can't be ignorant. Ignorantly mm. continuing to do these mm-hmm. toxic traits that you continue to do. Yeah. And sometimes these toxic traits are lovely because uh, for the time that you want to do them because they indulge in, you know, drinking or whatever. And, you know, they're, they're quite good and they're quite fun. and Or, you know, whatever you, your, your toxic trait is. And as soon as you become self-aware, you kind of like every time you do do that toxic trait, you then have the guilt around the fact that you knew you shouldn't have done it, but you bloody did it anyway. And so it's really, really, it's great and amazing and it makes you a better person, but it's really hard because you have this really crap process of analyse it, realise that you're being a piece of shit, having to change it, change it. I think, I think Make the mistake again, change it again. Make the mistake again, change it again. Change it again. And continue for the rest of your life. (laughs) Finally, yeah. And bury it again, doesn't bury it. Still keeps coming back. <laughs> yeah, having awareness, self-awareness, it's effort. It's not just, oh, now I've got that. That's yeah. great now. Like, yeah. Yeah, you're it's, not like it's... some zen. No, no. Yeah. But it's like anything with personal... I mean, self-awareness is part of personal growth, isn't it? And you need to be committed to it and believe in the reason you're doing it and that even though it's hard, it's better than being ignorant. Yeah. Isn't and it's, it? it's never-ending as well. Like, like every therapist has a their own therapist. I can't remember what it's called now, don't they? They have a therapist, and they all the therapists get together to be therapists to each other. Supervision. Supervision. Yeah. No. Yay. <laughs> it's the technical term. What people generally use. And so, self awareness is an ongoing battle. It's an on, yeah. It's it's not like you. There's a destination. You're constantly, mm. constantly trying to be aware of your own and your, your awareness changes with your age your time your situation your environment doesn't it with all these things i think the more you practice it the easier it becomes um but i suppose also just thinking about what you were saying once you get awareness and you're then you have to like change things and you know it's, it's exhausting because then you're like oh noticing you know your bad habits or or whatever but but also i think as well or and also i think as well is that some of those things are okay so there's also acceptance that comes into it so so just because you become aware of a behavior or a mechanism that you have within yourself to respond to certain things in certain moments sometimes it might be you might perceive that as a as a not as healthy way of responding but sometimes it's okay to not respond in a healthy way there is also a balance of accepting actually you know that was stressful there's also that acceptance of we're human and the idea of part of awareness is like that self-awareness is about um noticing what's happening in yourself and not feeling the need that you need to change everything because that part's a really bad part of us and we shouldn't do that but actually Mm. just accepting it and thinking okay this is just part of how i respond to things when i'm ready i'm going to respond to it in this healthier in this this kind of way that might be more healthy for me but actually right now I, I need to respond in this way and we don't need to be all the time thinking like I must change this I must you know be this perfect human being yeah um yeah but it's it's like that it's the I can't it's called now it's the serenity prayer isn't it I think it's the sobriety prayer is it I don't know it's that idea of like um the have the as they the ability to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, 
and the wisdom to know the difference. It's that ability mm. of like understanding what, what is within your power to change and what you can change, what isn't within your power, and then understand the difference and then, you know, make your peace with the stuff that, you know, if you can't, if you can't change something, then you have to just make your peace with it. You can't fight it. You can't, you know, you see so many people get so angry at certain things. And I just think, can you change it? And if you can't change it, then it's only harming yourself. But I think the biggest, the biggest um, realisation around the things that you cannot change, it was around other people, is that you cannot change other people. That is probably the biggest, ex- biggest one of the biggest lessons I learned from from the relationship and going through the breakup was that you know you would spend I would spend hours curating these obscenely long emails to my ex explaining everything you know and then you know expecting them to email me back going you're so right I'm such a piece of shit how amazing you are that you've picked up on all of the crap traits I have and where I've gone wrong and where I've gone right it just was never going to happen. They just obviously yeah. rebuke it. And, and all that I think, time. Yeah, all that time. And, and you're just constantly hoping for a, for a changed person. And you yeah. cannot change anyone. Mm. If, you, if you're in a relationship and you think that, that you look at them and you think they would be great if I could just do X or Y or Z, then that's just such a bad, bad way to be. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Never going to make them change. And that's a tough thing. That's a really tough thing to accept. When you start to accept that people will do, I mean, yeah, you can, you can maybe change their opinions in certain ways and maybe move them in certain directions, but you know, more often than not, it's a, you're having to manipulate them to get what you want, and that's not either a healthy place to be in. Coming back to what we were saying at the beginning of you know the purpose of relationships and having relationships in your lives and why. You know why the research shows that this those connections are important for for our own mental health and therefore our own you know that our own kind of relationship with ourself. Why is that? And I guess one one reason I would imagine was is because they help us grow as people. So they help us in our our development, our personal development, and you know mm. we feel driven and inspired and motivated in life when we're in a healthy, happy relationship, when we feel connected to whoever it is. Um, So we are changing, but it's because, not because someone's asking us to or making us or manipulating us to out of fear or anxiety. And when it starts to feel the change is needing to happen from a place of it being, yeah, manipulation, force, fear, whatever... That may be like we were talking about, like what are the indicators where it's just starting to change down the other track where you're going to mm. relationship. Maybe that's that. It's that like mm. where the growing stops happening because of contentment and happiness. Yeah. And that's why when you were saying earlier about that idea of, you know, have you become so self-sufficient and happy with and connected to yourself and happy with that relationship with yourself that you, you is that kind of a, a barrier to you wanting or feeling the need to be in a romantic relationship with anyone else I think that's what you were saying right is that actually I think when when the right thing comes along at the right time then that won't be the case like you won't feel that way because mm. it will just be like 
you you won't feel like you're giving up on something to, mm. to be with someone else you know you won't yeah. you won't be making a compromise it's not like oh you've formed this like you, you're not having to kind of break the relationship with yourself to be with someone else no, yeah. you can still maintain the relationship with yourself the the epitome is you want to be in a relationship with yourself whilst being in a relationship with someone else it needs to be a three-way relationship yeah definitely i agree threesome threesome yeah. all the way threesome with yourself <laughs> that is that's 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 what it what a sordid epiphany. What <laughs> <laughs> a lovely. That, that's our advice. <laughs> At the end of that one. Have a threesome with yourself. Yeah. Not not with yourself, no. No, no Josh, Josh, that's just weird. I go you. I think your point was going on weird. No, but that you can maintain the relationship with yourself. That you you don't feel like being in a relationship with someone else means that you have to jeopardize the relationship with yourself yes yeah yes agreed yeah so i guess bringing this conversation to a close even though i'm sure we could we could talk for for ages more do you have any last words of wisdom on what you feel would be some kind of takeaways of of when you notice that actually you are becoming disconnected in a relationship, future relationships, or a disconnection from yourself. Well, I don't know. I think um, I think the, the the point when you know that I, I don't know the point that I found when I knew I could like I was starting to let's say connect with myself was 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 when I could listen to myself without without being hijacked by my emotions or didn't feel scared of them and wasn't trying to run away from them, wasn't trying to distract and I could actually just listen to it without trying to give any reason or any justification or explain it away just let it be and then let your own like internal mind your subconscious just do the work I think that was like one of the most powerful things I learned was to just don't you don't have to find the solution straight away you just have to understand it first mm. and not be scared of it not be scared of like the truth around what it what it is or what it could be do you know what I mean I think that's that was quite a powerful thing that mm. was certainly something that I found in relationships oh, god knows <laughs> they're so complicated they're so 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 complicated and I have no idea um you know I don't think anyone really does fully understand why or when people feel like that or how what makes you connect with someone what doesn't make you connect with someone but um, yeah the quicker you can accept people for who they are and what they want the easier it will be and the easier you'll find it if you're not constantly fighting against someone to do something that they might not necessarily want to do. And if you recognise in yourself that you're not accepting it, then that's probably an indicator to step away. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you've got to, you've got to be mature enough to accept that. A behaviour in someone else, if you're not accepting that behaviour in someone else, but also in yourself, it's maybe like if you're recognising actually, I'm not, I'm no longer accepting this behaviour, and I'm no longer accepting this behaviour in someone else or my, or myself 
stepping away from that behaviour in the other person, but also stepping away from that behaviour in yourself if it's a self-reflection. Yeah, mm. definitely, yeah. The guru that is John. <laughs> wow. <Stop it. laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks. Well, that concludes this episode. I really hope that that resonated with you guys on some level. And if you do have any feedback or reflections or yeah, any kind of takeaways from listening in, then please do let me know. And there is also the Facebook community group where we continue the conversation going and just share from each other, which I think is the most powerful thing that we can do. So that's the Calm Mind Confident Life Facebook group and the link is in the show notes. Otherwise, I look forward to chatting to you all in a few weeks' time and the next episode is going to be on the connection we have with our bodies, the relationship that we have with our bodies, something I think that we all at some point in our lives will have struggled with. I hope you guys all have a really good couple of weeks, few weeks, and I look forward to touching base soon. Thank you.